0: Welcome to an incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, Associate Pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, guys, it is good to see every one of you this morning, and uh, we are uh, continuing our series uh, on the armor of God. and. Um, uh, I'm going I'm to get through review quickly so we can get to the message today. I'm excited about preaching this word. Uh, but um, we've been going through the, or in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 6, we've been reading about how Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, encouraging them to put on the armor of God, specifically because he, uh, he was making them aware that there is a spiritual battle that is going on, and as Christians, he wants us to be aware of the spiritual battle that is happening around us, that's happening between us. And um, Paul was writing to a people uh, who understood a thing or two about armor. And that is because in Ephesus, uh, there was a training facility that was there specifically for Roman soldiers, for the equipping and the training for them uh, in the infantry, it, it, it was important. They came to and fro. It was one of the places that they would go to receive training. And so if you live in Ephesus, you were, you were used to seeing Roman soldiers. And because you were used to seeing Roman soldiers, you were also aware and you uh, you were aware of their armor. You saw them. You never saw a soldier without their armor. They were equipped and Ready. Paul the apostle also was in prison at this time and while he was in prison he was day and night chained to a Roman soldier and so no doubt inspired by the holy spirit when he would see that soldier's armor the holy spirit inspired him to encourage to encourage the church to be prepared for battle, understanding that we must be prepared for the spiritual battle that is happening around us by putting on the spiritual armor of God, and, uh, and so that we can be prepared for the attack of the enemy. Understand that the devil is constantly under—he uh, is constantly attacking the church. You see, he is at war against God, and his and his target is the church. And he is doing everything he can to to keep as many people from being saved as he can, and also to make as many Christians um to make us ineffective as possible. Whatever he can do, and so we as Christians must be ready. And we do that by putting on the full armor of God. And the armor of God are spiritual truths. And so uh, um, um, in our first or the second week, we talked about the belt of truth, understanding that truth is absolute. We have to put on truth on our life. And the devil wants to do whatever he can to change what we believe to be the truth. That's what he wants to do. Therefore, it's important for us to know the truth so that we can be free from deception. And so we have and we do that by going to the Word of God. And it's amazing because every piece of the armor is connected to the Word of God. Uh, the next one we talked about was the breastplate of righteousness. Understanding that righteousness is the standard in which we please God. And it is right living. Righteousness is, uh, is, is, is meant to protect our heart. From the devil having access to it, 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 let me say that better. Righteousness protects our heart from the devil having access to our heart, because he wants to lead our heart astray from God. Therefore, we must put on righteousness, and righteousness was imputed to us whenever we received Christ. But then we also must put on righteousness every single day. We must put on righteousness to guard us. And then uh, thirdly, we talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace and how peace is calmness of soul in the midst of difficult circumstances. That regardless of what is happening around me, I can have peace in me. And it's because we have, and, and, and peace is found in the gospel. And because we have peace with God, we have access to the peace of God and we go to the peace of God to to. To claim that peace for our soul, we go to God in our time of need, whenever we need peace, we go to God, and we, and, and, and as Philippians four tells us that we pray about everything, and then we don 't worry, but we pray about everything. Tell God what we need, thank Him for all He has done, and it says that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our heart in mind, in Christ Jesus. Peace is found in the gospel. And then fourthly, we talked about the shield of faith. Our last one we talked about was the shield of faith. And we talked about how faith is, is the, it, 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 and similarly how the shield of a Roman soldier was the first line of defense against the attack of the enemy. Similarly, our faith, as well is our first line of defense against the devil and his attack on us. And if the devil wants to get to us, he has to get through our faith if we, have, if we have our shield of faith up, which is why he tells us to take up faith, to take up faith. Faith is not based on our feelings. It's not based on what we see happening around us, but instead, faith is acting on God's word. It's acting on his word. And if we know what God's word says about a matter, then we can act on it. And when we act on it, it is faith. It's not what we. It's, it, it's not just just thinking that it's true. Believing is by doing, doing what it says, and and by doing it, and we continually do it, then we are walking by faith, walking and doing what God has called us to do, and we and, and life. Uh, uh, um, our faith is not meant to be lived out alone, but we are to link up our faith with others. Amen there's a time and need there's a time where we need others to build up our faith and there's going to be a time where you have to build up someone else's faith and we do that by linking up so that brings us today to the helmet of salvation Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 he says to take up the helmet of salvation and then next week we will talk about the sword of the spirit as it says the word which is the word of god but he says to take up the helmet of salvation you know, a helmet is used as protective gear in things like modern-day sports like football uh, and baseball. Whenever they go to bat, they have a helmet on and other sports like that. And uh, also, a helmet is considered um, or, or is also used in uh, uh, whenever, you know, you're riding a motorcycle or, or, or other vehicles. They're, you know, it's, it's protective gear and it's considered vital Because it's meant to protect our head from serious injury. And that's important because uh, probably the most important organ in our body is the brain. You know, did you you know you can have a heart transplant, but you can't have a brain transplant. It's impossible. You only got one brain and we have to protect it. And similarly, a Roman soldier, he wore a helmet. This helmet was made of leather. And it was covered in metal pieces, including a cheek piece. But they also had metal that was beaten or it was molded into, uh, 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 that was completely metal. But the whole purpose was, again, to guard their head, to protect their head from serious injury, understanding that the brain is the most important organ. Of course, you can argue between the heart and the brain, but the brain You know, uh, uh, it controls our entire body. And so they wore a helmet to make sure to guard their head. And as Christians, we too put on a helmet. And that helmet is called salvation. And as mentioned before, it's meant to protect us from serious injury. And the fact that the helmet that we put on is called salvation, it is clear That salvation is meant to protect our minds, to protect our mind. And um, specifically, the devil, he wants to attack your mind. He wants to attack the way you think. And the reason is because if he can gain control of your mind, then he can gain control of your life. If he can affect the way you think, then he can control the way you live. Because our mind controls our life. What we think eventually manifests to how we live. You see, the devil, he wants to to affect the way you think. He wants you to doubt your salvation. He wants you to be unsure of your standing with God. He wants to discourage you by pointing out your failures, by bringing up your past, and by making you believe that God is disappointed in you. He wants you to he, he wants to shake your confidence in God, but let me tell you, he can't do that if you have the helmet of salvation on. We must wear the helmet of salvation. So, understanding the importance of having the helmet of salvation on, let's look at what salvation is. The word salvation here is the word soterios," which means rescue or deliverance from danger. Salvation is deliverance from danger. And for us, it's eternal danger. Salvation refers to us being saved from eternal damnation or eternal separation from God. The Word of God tells us the good news. It's, 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 you know comes because there's bad news that because of our sin, without Jesus, we are eternally separated from God. But the good news is that Jesus Christ, he paid for our sin through the death on the cross. And if we place our faith in Jesus, the good news is that our sin is paid for and we, and, and that, and we no longer are separated from God. But that eternal damnation turns into eternal salvation. So salvation is important and it's built on the good news. But this is what Ephesians, you know, you know, Paul wrote about salvation and he and he wanted them to understand it like this. In Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, he says that salvation is by grace through faith. It's by grace through faith. And understanding this, he wants he wanted them and wants us to understand that salvation, that we are saved by grace, meaning that. That, that salvation is a gift of God that has been made available to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people know that Jesus died, but they don't know the reason why. And the reason is because it paid for the penalty of our sin. You see, salvation cannot be earned. If it can be earned, it's no longer a gift. It's, lo- it's no longer grace. It, grace means that, we cannot, means that we cannot earn it. It's a gift. And so, uh, and so it's understanding that, 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 that salvation, we are saved by grace. It's the gift of God. And in the same way that we cannot earn it, we also don't deserve it. You don't deserve to be saved. In fact, we deserve the opposite. Uh, 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 grace is, is getting what you don't deserve. You know, justice is getting what you deserve. If, if someone was to go out and they were to rob a car, or rob a car, excuse me, if you were to steal a car, okay, and then you, you would be arrested. And listen, there is a consequence for it. You be getting what you deserve. Justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is getting what you, do, it, 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 excuse me, is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is me forgiving you and not pressing charges on you. I'm showing you mercy. You are not getting what you deserve. So justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, but grace is getting what you don't deserve, and that is salvation, and it comes by grace, made available through the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's by grace. But, so we are saved by grace, but it is accessed through faith. It's access through faith. We access what Christ has made available to us through faith. We believe, and then through faith we receive it. Now, this is this, you know, I was thinking about this today, and and to me it makes sense this way. Every one of us in your home, you have you have electricity, you have power in your home. And the reason is because you are connected to the grid, to the to, to the power grid, the electric company. They have given you access, you you have all the power that you need in your home, right? All the power that you need, all you have to do is plug it in. But here's the thing, the electric company, they're not going to come in, they're not going to come to your house and plug in your dryer for you. You know, they're not going to come to your house and plug in your lights. They're not going to switch on the lights for you. No, you, we have to go and plug in our toaster. We have to plug in our appliances. We have to turn on the lights. We have access to that power, but we have to go, and we have to actually go and turn it on. It's it's by faith. You You know, I can have power in my house and believe that I don't and sit in the dark all I want. But if I believe it, then I will do it. You see, because faith is shown by our works. You do it. You see, whenever I place my faith in Jesus and I choose to follow him and I find myself in church and I read the word of God and I go to God in prayer, I'm showing my faith by how I live my life. You see, we access by believing in Christ. We believe in him and we receive it through faith. So we are saved by grace through faith. That is salvation. So salvation is made... is. It is, is the free gift of God that has been made available, through, uh, uh, made available to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ and is accessed through faith. And salvation is deliverance from the eternal damnation through faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. So that is salvation. Anyone who is here, if you don't know Jesus or someone who is listening, you can receive Jesus today by choosing to believe. By accessing through faith, realizing that we are a sinner, realizing that you are a sinner, realizing that you need Jesus, repenting of our sin, and then receiving Him as the free gift of salvation, we can be born again. That is what the Bible teaches. That is salvation. Now, understanding that, when we go back to verse 17, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, to take up the helmet of salvation we have to understand who Paul is writing to. You see, Paul, he is not writing to people who are unsaved. He's not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to Christians. So when he says to take up salvation, he's not saying so that they can be saved. They're already saved. So why is he saying to take up salvation as a helmet if they're already Christians, if they've already been saved? Well, the reason is because the reason why he is commanding and encouraging us, saved people, to put on salvation as a helmet is so that our mind can be saved. Did you know that whenever you get saved, whenever you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your spirit? Was saved, but your mind was not. Now, of course, we get new thoughts that come in, but that old way of thinking. You know, when I got saved, I was uh, 15 years old. Okay, my brother, he was 32 years old. There, we we live a whole life and uh, with our minds programmed a certain way. When we get saved. Our spirit is saved. Our eternity is taken care of. But our mind has to be saved. Our mind has to be, uh, it has to be saved. You know, we can be saved but not think like it. We can be saved but not think like we are saved. And when we think that way, then we live according to our old way of life. And it gives the devil access and control in those areas of our life. And so, we have to change the way we think. When we put the helmet of salvation, where it's 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 salvation for our mind. It is renewing our mind. It is changing the way we think. Romans twelve two says this: Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewal of your mind. It says, don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to the way that the, you know. Don't be influenced. By the world, don't, don't allow yourself to be changed and be, and be conformed, but instead be transformed. Live the transformed life. And we do that by renewing our mind. To say it another way, with, without renewing our mind, the best we can expect is to be conformed to the world. That's the best that we can expect. I, I can't expect for my life to change without renewing my mind. If I want to be transformed, if I want to live that transformed life, I have to change the way I think because my mind controls the way that I live. So, salvation of our mind, we have to, but let me tell you, it takes work. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 says to work out your own salvation. Again, our eternal salvation is taken care of, but we have to work out the salvation of our mind. We have to work out the salvation of our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. It takes work. We have to work at it if we want to change the way we think. So real quick, let me, uh, I want to I talk about real quick just the three tenses of salvation uh, because, you know, salvation has a past tense, a present tense, and a future tense. And this is, this is important, you know, we're, I'm going somewhere with this. So uh, salvation, we were saved, when we received Christ, we were saved from the penalty of sin. There's a penalty of sin. When we received Christ, we were we were. Saved from the penalty of sin. And it's called justification. We, you know, I've talked about this before. Pastor Ron has talked about it before. It simply means to, it, that just as if I have never sinned, we, are, we were made right with God whenever we received Christ as our Lord and Savior. We were made right and we were set free from the penalty of sin. Okay? We, we, we were saved. We are being saved. Right now, we are currently being saved from the power of sin, the influence, the power of sin in our life. It's called sanctification, means to sanctify. What that means is that He is making us holy. The Holy Spirit is making us like Jesus every day if we allow Him. He is working in us. We are being saved. It's the salvation of our soul. We are being saved. So so we were saved from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin. And one day we will be saved from the presence of sin. Wow, that's crazy to think about, Pastor Ron. Just trying to imagine what that's going to be like. To know that there's no more temptation, no more wrestling with the flesh. But instead, this is the word, the word for this is glorification. One day we will be glorified. We will be made like Jesus completely. Whenever Jesus comes back, the dead will rise first and those who are alive will be caught up in the air in the twinkle of the eye like that. We will be made like Jesus. We will be perfected. One day we will be perfected. We will B: uh, we will be made like Jesus. We will spend eternity with Him. We will be perfected. So, we were saved, we are being saved, and one day we will be completely saved. We were saved, We believe when we believed, and we will be saved when Jesus returns. However, today, right now, we are being saved. We are being saved, and it's the salvation of our mind that we, that we, are, allowing, that we are allowing God to save our mind, that, that we are allowing him to renew our mind, to change the way that we think. You see, because the devil, he wants us to fall into his trap. He wants you to fall into that trap of sin. He wants you to fall into it so you can be bound by it, so he can keep control of your life. He wants us to. But we can't, we, you know, we won't. he won't be able to do that if we have the helmet of salvation on. Now, let me tell you this. At 3.30 p.m., you will know exactly what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be watching the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, they got a playoff game today, and I'm going to be watching. Listen, some of you are going to be watching because you want them to win. Some of y'all are going to be watching because y'all want them to lose, okay? Now, listen, but the, while I'm watching, I'm going to have my eyes fixed on one player Number four, Dak Prescott the, the quarterback, okay? Why? Because he is the key to the game, and listen, the entire game, he's going to be under attack from the opposing team all day long. They're going to be pursuing him, trying to get to him all day long. And listen, he's going to have to do what he can to avoid the attack of the other team. But guess what? he's got his helmet on and He's not alone because he has an offensive coordinator, who is sitting in the press box, who sees the entire field, and he sees the attack. He knows what's coming, and he is able to give the quarterback the best plan to be able to avoid the attack of the enemy, to avoid that trap. And if he and, and the and, and if he listens, he will be successful. Come on, Dak. He will be successful in avoiding the attack of the opposing team. But listen, he can't do it if he doesn't have his helmet on. Because technology today allows for Dak Prescott and a quarterback, when they have that helmet on, there's a communication device that allows the offensive coordinator to communicate to him directly the exact play that he needs. And very similar, we as Christians, through our relationship with Jesus Christ, we are able to avoid the attack of the enemy that's happening all day long. And we can avoid that attack if we have our helmet on. The helmet of salvation will guard us against that attack because he doesn't have control of our mind. You see, we can only see so much. But let me tell you, God, he sees the whole picture. He sees the end from the beginning. All we got to do is have our helmet on. Amen? So understanding these things we have to renew our mind and while it is true that you and i play zero part in our eternal salvation let me tell you we play a very vital part in the salvation of our mind in our sanctification we play a very important part you see we have to we have to do our part if we want to be saved and deliver from our old way of life, then we have to change the way we think, and we play a part of that. We have to work it out. Now, our mind controls every part of our life. And if I think, a way, if I think according to my old way of life, it's how I'm going to live. But if I want to live the transformed life, If I want to live according to the new man, I have to change the way I think. Paul talked about this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. He says he says to put off the old man, and then he says to put on the new man. But in between there, he says to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that before I can put on the new man, I've got to renew my mind. He says to put off the old man uh, uh, and according to his old ways of life. And it says to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and then put on the new man. If we want to live the transformed life, if we want to live the life that God has for us, we have to change the way we think according to his word. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, we have to change are stinking thinking. I got that from somewhere. I'm sure you heard that before. Pastor Ron, you've done, talked about that for a long time, which by the way, I actually watched your, uh, I'm, I wanna call them vintage, but it's not really vintage. It was like from like the 90s, I think, but talking about stinking thinking. Having to, it's, it's on YouTube, by the way, you can watch it as well. Uh, I'm in the archives, but we have to change our stinking thinking so we can be free from the devil's deceptive schemes. Okay, we have to change it, and 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 Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. He says, "Casting down arguments, every, we cast down every argument, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ." He's saying that we we have to take every thought captive. And understanding that means that not every thought should stay in our minds. Anybody with me? Not every thought should stay there. Okay, there are some thoughts that we've got to get out. Okay, those thoughts that say that you are less than, that you were alone, that nobody cares about you. The thoughts that says that God doesn't love you. The thoughts that, that... that make us jealous and bitter against other people, those thoughts, those thoughts shouldn't stay in our head. Those are thoughts that don't belong, that don't belong in our mind. We have to take those thoughts captive. And we've got to get those out, and we've got to replace it with the truth. Let us take captive those thoughts. Because here's the truth, is that your life will be built on your strongest and your most dominant thoughts. Your life will be built on your strongest thoughts. Let me say it another way. What you think about the most will consume you the most. So we have to be in control of our thinking. If, if, if we're not aware of what we're thinking, then guess what? Somebody else is. Somebody else is aware. The devil, he is aware. He's doing whatever he can to gain control of our thinking. Therefore, we have to be aware of what's coming into our mind the things that don't belong there, getting rid of them and replacing them with the truth. And we do that with the Word of God. Every piece of the armor is connected to the Word of God. Same with the helmet of salvation. If we want to renew our mind, we have to go to the Word of God and get it inside of us and meditate on it. Philippians chapter 4, he tells us how we can do this. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. He says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. He gives us things to think about. And this is what he says after. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me He says, practice these things. Think about these things and practice these things. And he says that the peace of God will be with you. We we want peace in our life. We got to change the way we think. So we have to make the decision that we will think on things that are true, not things that go against the truth not things that we know that are not true, that go against the truth of who God is. We're not going to think about those things. We're not going to allow those things to just sit in our mind. We're not going entertain, to um, entertain our things with things like that. You know, we're going to think on things that are honorable, not things that are immoral, not things that are disreputable, meaning thing, anything that we do not want connected to our reputation, let us not think about those things. Let us get those things out of our mind. Anything that is just, let us think on things that are just, not things that are wrong. Things that are unfair, like getting back at somebody. Let's, let's not do that. Let's think about things that are lovely, things that are loving, not having ugly thoughts. Let's not meditate on having, let's, let us not uh, uh, stir up and harbor ill and ugly thoughts towards others or towards ourselves. Let us meditate and think on things that are commendable. Not anything that is bad and wrong. Let us let us let us think on things that are morally excellent. Not meditating on things that are sinful. Okay, you know, the devil's going to tempt us, but let us not allow that, that thought to harbor. Let us be aware of that arrow that gets into our mind, and we say, Nah, nah, buddy, no, 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 nope, nope, nope. I'm not I'm not meditating on this one. Nope, devil, I know what you're doing. Nope. I'm not going to meditate on that, okay? I'm not going to walk in fear. The Word of God tells me that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And, and we meditate and we replace it with the truth. Let us think on things that are worthy of praise, not on things that are unworthy of God. Let us think on these things, and we will experience peace. Let us be in control let us have the helmet of salvation on our heads so that our minds can be renewed, so that our minds can experience salvation. They can be renewed every single day. Because if we're not renewing our mind, then we are only going to be conformed. That's all that's going to happen. That's the best we can expect without renewing our mind. We're, gonna get, we're just going to be conformed to the ways of the world. But if we renew our mind, then we will live a transformed life. So real quick, a few takeaways. How do we put on helmet of salvation? Well, number one, by being confident in the finished work of Christ. Number one, let us be confident in what Jesus has already done. Okay? If you have placed your faith in Jesus, the Word of God tells us that you have been delivered from the penalty of sin. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, And your faith shows it. You have placed your faith in him. You are following him with your life. Listen, don't let the devil make you believe that you are not saved. Don't let the devil shake your faith in God. Don't allow the devil to make you believe any other way. Be confident in what Jesus has already done in the finished work of Christ. Jesus said it is finished. All we do is we access what's been made available through faith. Let us be confident in it. When the devil wants to come and t- wants to tempt you and make you think, "Man, are you even saved?" Say, "Man, get out of here." I am confident in my salvation because of what He did, not because of what I do, not because of what I have done, because of what Jesus has done, and my faith is in Him. Let us be confident. Number two, we put on the hel- we put on the helmet of salvation by a lot, by allowing our mind to be transformed, by allowing our mind. To be transformed. The power of sin can be broken off our life by renewing our mind. We must renew our mind so that we can live the transform life. Renew our mind through the word of God, getting in the word and allowing it to wash over us every single day and getting it in us, but then we begin to meditate on the truth so that whenever. Whenever deception, whenever the devil gets something in our mind, we can recognize it, that it it is not the truth, okay? Uh, if If you change the way you think, then you will change the way you live. We must change the way we think by renewing our mind. Romans 8, verse 6 tells us that the mind that is set on the flesh is death, but the mind that is set on the spirit is life and peace. We must set our mind on the things of God. And number three, let us look forward. We put on the helmet of salvation by looking forward to the future hope we have in Christ. We have a salvation one day we will be saved. And we can live according to that by thinking, by setting our mind on those things. Listen, you have been saved, you are being saved. But one day you will be completely saved. Let us set our minds on the future hope that we have in Christ. That one day, it is the final hope that we have. Listen, I am hoping that the Cowboys win. I am hoping, coach. I'm hoping for it. But they ain't my final hope. (laughs) Okay? There's a greater hope. And our hope is in Jesus Christ. That one day we will spend eternity with him. Let us live in that light. Let us hold on to it and remember and and allow it to affect how we live. Amen? Amen. Thanks again for joining us for this dynamic message from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.